0: Let your kingdom come here, let your will be done.
1: start the morning just welcoming his presence in this place would you guys just bow your heads with me right now uh jesus i just thank you that when we welcome you into this place that you come that you honor that prayer and thank you for that in your name hey i just want to remind you guys this morning that we have prayer in the back if you're here in person or if you're online we want to pray with you so put your prayer in the comments message us or go to the back we want to pray with you this morning all right let's worship together
0: nothing
2: Grace is truly an amazing thing, isn't it? Everything that we needed and nothing that we have earned or deserve, and yet God just graciously provides. And he tells us that wherever sin thinks it's growing and becoming bigger and larger and more influential, wherever sin is abounding, he says grace abounds more. Grace is bigger than all of that. So Father, we say thank you for grace grace that's bigger than our mistakes, grace that helps us start over, helps us repair, helps us rethink and reframe. God, we thank you for grace that is greater than all of the negative things. Whether it's the thing we did or whether the thing that the person next to us did, grace is just greater. And we say thank you for grace. We cannot live without it. Thank you for how great your grace is in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for taking time to worship with us. By way of an announcement, I think probably uh, many of you have already heard, uh, and that is that uh, Pastor Ron, you know, after 20 some years of ministry here, uh, retired in uh, first of the year. Uh, and uh, as many of you know, was uh, sick, and uh, he passed away Tuesday uh, at the hospital. Um, probably the easiest layman's definition of it was uh, just a, a viral pneumonia directed directly related to his exposure to the COVID vaccine or COVID um, virus uh, and just eventually overpowered his body's ability to respond and to recover um, and took over his lungs. So uh, that happened this week. Uh, we're looking uh, for... Uh, memorial service probably the end of this this next month, uh, end of March. Uh, we'll we'll know more for sure by next week, but that's that's what we're looking toward. So, wanted to update all of you and keep you informed uh, about about how things were going with that. It, it also seemed kind of an appropriate time for us to to step back and talk about, just as a family that gathers here, how we're going to try to manage uh, just the, the viral situation and our contact with each other and our influence over each other physically and medically. Um, and so we've, we've taken some uh, clips from uh, the end of a sermon a few months ago where uh, Dan, Dr. Dan Fear and I g- came up at the end of the message and just talked about what does love look like in regards to this medical situation. And so we've kind of, you know, cut and edited and whittled it down and and, and got just kind of a reminder of some of the things that we put forward. And so uh, we just want to take a minute and take a look at the screen and remind ourselves of how we said we wanted to behave.
3: So if, if there's anything that we can do to help reduce the risk of somebody having to get hospitalized, we need to do that. And it's that reasonable approach. What is reasonable? I think that wearing a mask is reasonable. I know it there's a lot of opinions out about masks um, and if you try and look up information on the internet it's so confusing because there's a whole bunch of stuff out there and it conflicts one place or another depends on where you look Um, when I look and try to look at scientific studies on it um, you can do studies to look at the transmission so looking at the little small particles that are spread that are transmitted um, that have the virus in them and you can do a study to show how well are the masks working? And you look at a cloth mask, you look at the paper mask that we use clinically, and they do help stop the spread of the disease. So they help prevent someone who does not, or who has the disease from spreading it to someone else. How will they protect the person that's wearing the mask? Probably not nearly as much. It's a little hard to do a good study on that. You know, the studies that they have are epidemiological studies, which have a whole bunch of variables. You're looking after the fact, basically. And it's hard to take a variable above a mask and say, was that the thing that protected somebody or not? When you're looking retrospectively like that. So it's a little hard to say how well it protects the person wearing it, but we do know it it decreases the spread of the virus. So, you know, if we can do that, if we can help stop the spread to some degree, then I think that's that's an approach that we can take. That is a reasonable approach um, that is is something that, as Christians, we should be doing. We should be um, taking that step of loving others enough.
2: So, love is kind. There you go. It does not demand its own way and is not irritable, <laughs> which I have to fight with. Right? You know, <clears throat> you only have to get so much steam built up inside that mask before you get irritable. <laughs> And you have to remind yourself, love is not irritable. You have to remind yourself that love is kind. So we're not exactly sure where all of this is gonna fall for us. As to exactly how we're going to manage some of the restrictions that are coming. As I said, our our very first criteria that we put together back in May was that we would be reasonable. We would be reasonably compliant. Uh, And so uh, the problem with being reasonable is that you make people on both sides mad because you end up in the middle. So there, I, I, I get it, there's gonna be some of you that, that believe you should go home and never come out again, and there's gonna be some of you that are going, it's all a bunch of hooey and just forget it and you're bugging me. Um, reasonable is gonna be in between those two. So it's gonna make people on both sides mad. So, you know, it's, it's one of the times when I just love my job as a pastor to go, well, I get to make about half of the people mad for completely different reasons. and then the other people are just waiting to see how it works to decide whether they're going to be mad with what we did. you know. So uh, it it puts you in a weird and and precarious place, but our elders are working on that and are trying to think our way through again to where we will be biblically informed, we will be medically informed, we will be humanly informed. What is the cost of this, Uh, and how does it affect, and what's the balance of those costs? But I certainly think at a bare minimum... We need to go back to those protocols that we did put in place. We actually had an opportunity to test them, and they worked. Let's not be lax about those and go, ah, I'm so done with that. Uh, now's not the time to be done with that. Uh, now's the time to become more vigilant. Um, so that's, that's where we're headed in general. Uh, But certainly those protocols did talk about, you know, us us trying to to wear masks again, not because it was going to keep your germ off me, but because it's going to keep my germ off you. Which would be the ultimate of what we just talked about in love, wouldn't it? (laughs) Selfishness would be keep your germs off me. Love would be I keep my germs off you, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So we want to do that. We want to do that. And we're not going to be irritable and grumpy about it. Because love is not irritable and grumpy. <laughs> so, so we did that uh, just before the big spike <laughs> in uh, cases in Josephine County. Um, so uh, again, I, I just want to remind you that, that that's going to be the path that we're going to walk together as a family. Um, we're not the masked police, but we do have some principles and priorities that we're going to be reasonable because not every crazy idea that gets suggested is something that we need to do because there's always some crazy idea out there. We're going to be reasonable. We want to be biblically informed. How would the Bible teach us that Christians should behave? We're going to be biblically informed. We're going to be medically informed. And please, for God's sake, get off the Internet and all of the dumb things that are being posted and printed out there because whatever you want to be afraid of, somebody's already got a blog about it. Whatever you want to be angry about, somebody's already got a blog about it. And no, we're not going to be politically informed about what we do. That doesn't matter. We're going to be medically informed and biblically informed, and we're going to be humanly informed. Because God made humans and said, that is good. And then he looked at us and said, but they don't do well alone. (laughs) So isolation... We know that long-term isolation is not healthy for who we are. So in terms of being biblically, medically, and humanly informed, we're going to find ways to navigate and stay connected, but we're going to do so in ways that we think are healthy and honorable to the people around us. And we just want to kind of stay on that path. And as I said just a minute ago, please don't open a door to the enemy, to where he can infect your spirit, Because if you want to be afraid, you can go online and find reasons to be afraid. If you want to be mad, you can go online and find reasons to be mad. If you want to be selfish, you can go online and find reasons to be selfish. And we're just not going to go there. We're not going to let the enemy infect our spirit. It's bad enough. We've got disease in the world. We don't need sin in our heart. (laughs) So we're not going to let the devil get in there. We're going to find ways to walk through this thing. So we just wanted to revisit that, just wanted to let you know, here's where we're walking, here's how we're trying to walk together as we move our move ourselves collectively through this experience. And uh, as I said, kind of the events of this week brought that all pretty personally back to us. And so we, we wanted to stop and look at that. So, okay, so I'll take my dad hat off and you know, <laughs> family meeting is over. Let's go back to church. <laughs> uh, let's start with Let's start with the uh, the announcement video. That talks about some of the things that are coming up.
4: Good morning and happy Sunday. I'm Jamie. Wherever you're joining us from this morning, whether you're on campus or online. Thanks for letting Parkway be a part of your Sunday worship today. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We would love to know that you're here. Either in the pew in front of you or online on our website, you can find our connect card. Fill that out and let us know who you are. We would love to get connected with you. As usual, there's a lot happening here at Parkway and we don't want you to miss out. We'll tell you about a few of those things here in just a minute. Otherwise, you can always check out our website, parkwaycc.com slash events, to find out what those things are and times and dates and everything and more that you wanna know.
1: Hi, I'm Carissa. If you or someone you know is recently separated or divorced, I wanna tell you about Divorce Care. This ministry is an opportunity for you to come alongside a caring group of friendly people that just walk alongside you in one of life's difficult experiences. Divorce Care has a session coming up that starts with a Saturday seminar on March 6th and then continues with weekly classes on Wednesdays. If you wanna know more information and to register for the event, then please go ahead and go online at parkwaycc.com slash divorcecare.
4: If you've been a part of Parkway's volunteer team over this past year, thank you. There's no way we would have been able to do all that we've done without your help and commitment. So to help usher in this new season that we're all getting ready to head into, We're having a volunteer lunch for all of you. Just our little way to celebrate you and honor you and thank you for what you've been doing and your commitment. If you haven't quite connected with our volunteer team yet and you're looking for a place to be able to use those gifts that God has given just to you to serve your church family or your church community, this is for you too. We want you there with us, March 7th after second service. We're gonna feed you lunch, we have new shirts for this new season, and we want to help you find your place on where to serve. So let us know you're going to be there. Go online to our website, parkwaycc.com slash peopleofparkway, and register for this event. More importantly, let us know what areas of interest you have, what gifts or skills you have that you're looking to engage with here, because we want to connect you with that leader of ministry. We can't wait to see you there. So mark your calendars, and we'll see you then. I
1: am Carissa and for 2021 this year we are reading our Bibles here at Parkway and some of you joined us on this journey in January and some of you were not able to or maybe started and have sort of fallen off well I want to encourage you and just let you know that there's nothing special about January first you guys can start and join us on this journey right now there's no catch up there's no restarting just get involved and signed up and pick a reading plan that works for you There are four options that we have suggested online, and they all go through the Bible Project Read Scripture app. And what's so great about this app, and we have it here on screen, is that they have videos. These videos are just amazing details about what each book of the Bible is and go over some major concepts for the Bible. And if you only watched two videos a week, at the end of a year, you will have the entire biblical knowledge just from the videos. So I can assure you there's a plan for you to get your Bible read this year. So go online at parkwaycc.com Bible2021, sign up and pick a plan that's for you. We are gonna send out emails occasionally just to continue to encourage you um, and to help you along on this journey.
5: Good morning, my name is Micah, it is an honor to be with you as well as be able to present the word this morning. I'd like to open up in a word of prayer, but it will be a prayer of silence. Uh, I'll explain a little bit more in a moment, but just uh, join me in a moment of silent prayer. Amen. 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 I'd like to dismiss the junior high. If you are uh, on your way to them, you can break the silence now. Head that way. Uh, Have a great time, guys. We are in this series that is talking about parables of the kingdom. We're also in a season known as Lent. And Lent is a time that is those weeks preceding Easter. And we are preparing ourselves our hearts to engage with christ in deeper ways and so if you are interested you can go on the church facebook page i'm doing some little videos about different spiritual disciplines or exercises of the soul that can help us to connect with god more deeply Uh, silence solitude those are some of those um and the Read Scripture app also is a great way to get to know Jesus better through this year, um, which will enable us, as we take some of these spiritual exercises, to really celebrate the resurrection and Easter more fully, because we've you know dug deeper, and that connection is greater. And so whether you're online or in person, uh, definitely engage in some of these uh, exercises of the soul, and we will grow deeper together. So uh, with that... We are wanting to be looking at the parables of Jesus, which are uh, filled with principles of the kingdom. So God's kingdom, the heavenly kingdom, there's principles of that. We are ambassadors of that kingdom. So for us to go through these different parables, we're saying, okay, here's the concept, the principle of the heavenly kingdom. I'm supposed to represent that, so then what do I do with that information? What do I do to represent the kingdom well? Today, we're going to be looking at Matthew 13. So if you would turn in your Bible there, uh, we will be looking at this set of parables. Now, uh, Pastor Dennis started this message uh, series last week in the parable of the sower. The one we're looking at today comes right after that. And it is the parable of the wheat and tares, or wheat and weeds. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. It uses the term tares. Uh, I grew up in North Idaho. We affectionately called the NIV the North Idaho Version. That's not what it actually stands for. Uh, The New International Version will be on the screen. Um, And so it's kind of fun to have those juxtaposed. So uh, read with me. We have Matthew 13, starting in verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, "'The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, "'Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares?' And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares. Bind them in bundles and burn them. Then gather the wheat into my barn. And Jesus moves on to another parable. There's a whole crowd, a multitude of people. Jesus tells the story the kingdom of heaven's like this. Moves on. No explanation. I don't know about you, but I kind of go, and so what's that mean? (laughs) I don't get it, right? Well, the disciples were feeling that way too. Uh, If you've not heard this parable before, then you too might be thinking that same thing. I I don't know what that means. You know, wheat, tares, weeds. uh, Now, the disciples go and ask him privately. Now, there's a few things, though, that I want to make sure that we understand. Because for us, some of the connections might not translate very well. So uh, the reason I'm reading the New King James, because it has this term tares, which uh, today is known as Darnell. It's part of the ryegrass family, uh, likely what Jesus was talking about in this time. Uh, Let's have a slide up on the screen of what Darnell looks like. All right, so you can notice that there's these clusters here, and several seeds together. You've got the different, the leaf kind of at the back, and then the little spikies off the top, but they're small clusters down the stem or stalk. next slide this is wheat pretty different isn't it It, this is all big long row more like a corn now go to the next slide and we have a side-by-side comparison so you can see looking at these two that once the seed is out there it would be pretty easy to distinguish the two it would be pretty tedious to go through and pick out the darnel but it would be pretty feasible so when jesus is talking about this parable notice that uh the grain that it has sprouted in verse 26 it's produced a crop and then the tares also appeared so from the time of the sowing of the seeds to when it reveals itself for what it is see Darnell is nearly indistinguishable from wheat until those seeds start to appear. So once that's happened, the servants are like, well, shouldn't we go and, you know, let's just rip all that stuff out? And No, no, don't do that. Because the roots are all tangled together. Anybody try to pull grass? Especially next to like some delicate flower and you're like, okay, we're just gonna get, th- Ah. <laughs> There goes the pansies, or there goes the <laughs> it's like ah, oh, there it's, it's done. You don't want to try and pull the weeds out because it's going to damage the thing you wanted to keep. That's what Jesus is saying. You, no, don't do that. Wait until the harvest. Wait till it's fully mature, and then we can go in and gather all of those seed, weed seeds, burn them so they don't produce again, and infect the crop with another set of weeds, burn those, and then we'll gather the wheat that we wanted. But there's still some things that we don't get today, unless we have some who are experts in uh, grasses. Uh, But Darnell, it's nearly extinct now because it's infected with a fungus that's poisonous. Now, we wouldn't have known that but Darnell, this fungus, will be in the seed. It causes a nausea-like intoxication that can be fatal. Now, you are collecting seed to make bread. I've got some soft white wheat here. And If you've got poison seed that could kill someone, that's not good for bread. (laughs) Right? Suddenly, this story just amped up in intensity, didn't it? There is poison in your field, sir. Shouldn't we go and get it out of there as quickly as possible? He said, no, it'll damage the good crop. Let them grow together. Then the reapers will gather that bad seed out. And then we can harvest what is good. Interesting, isn't it? And it's a parable. This is, there's symbolism in this that matches a truth about the kingdom of heaven. So if we skip down We get to find out what it's about from Jesus himself. I love when he explains himself. Look down at verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Wow. So let's break that down, the parallels. The sower is Jesus. It says this, he says the Son of Man, but Jesus uses that term of himself in the Gospels. So Jesus is the sower, the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, sons and daughters of God's kingdom. The tares are the sons of the devil, the evil one. And the enemy is the devil who sowed those into the field, into the world. The harvest is the end of the age, the end of this time, period. And the reapers are the angels. So let's go back to the start of the parable and put what we just learned back into it and see if it makes some more sense. So Jesus tells this parable of the kingdom of heaven is like how Jesus has put good seed, seeds of the kingdom, people, sons, and daughters of heaven into the world. But while men slept, the devil also has put those who are his kids, evil people, and those who Practice lawlessness. He's put those into the world. And they will eventually reveal themselves for what they are. And at that time, some will say, shouldn't we get rid of all the evil people out of the world? But Jesus says, no, because you'll damage the good along with the evil. And at the end of this time, The angels will come and separate out the evil from the good. And then the good will shine just like I do. Just like the Son of Man does. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I wanted to go a different direction with this message. I wanted to compare these different separation parables. There's the separating of sheep from goats that's found in Matthew 25. And it ends saying, basically, do good deeds. Serve those who are weak and disadvantaged. You know, don't, uh, Jesus is going to separate the good from the bad. Those who serve, those who don't serve. Those who uh, have religion and those who actually know Jesus. (laughs) But as I was looking more deeply into this parable, I I realized that we got to just sit with this truth. A lot of this is uncomfortable because we want things to be clean and tidy, don't we? I want to know where's the boundaries, where's the lines, let's get definition and I want to be in control of stuff. And Jesus does something that I'm uncomfortable with. He says, let the two things, the good, the poison is in the field. I'm going to take care of that. You just be good wheat. Ah, but they're, they're wrong. <laughs> right? We're not the only ones who've struggled. Martin Luther was dealing with this same passage. I'm going to read his quote. Again, this gospel teaches how we should conduct ourselves toward these heretics and false teachers. During Luther's time in the church, there were those who were pushing what the the leadership believed were false teachings, heresies. And so the response was to have a trial, and if they were guilty, they would be burned at the stake or killed in some other fashion for wrong belief pretty intense now we don't have that happening today in our community thankfully but it was going on for luther in this passage he felt uh, directly addressed these issues continuing with this quote we are not to uproot nor destroy them here jesus says publicly let both grow together We have to do here with God's word alone. For in this matter, he who errs today may find the truth tomorrow. Who knows when the word of God may touch his heart? But if he be burned at the stake or otherwise destroyed, it is thereby assured that he can never find the truth. And thus the word of God is snatched from him and he must be lost who otherwise might have been saved. Wow. We might be so quick to try and make justice happen and, and make sure that you know, anything false and, and just get rid of all that stuff, eradicate it from our community, our church, our workplace, the world. Part of the reason Jesus is saying to not do that is because it'll damage the good wheat. It would be uprooted as well. How many of you here in this this morning can say that you've heard someone heard a story of someone who's left the church or left Christianity, turned their back on God because of Christians? Anyway? Right? All of us probably have heard a story. We know someone who is not following Christ today because of how Christians treated each other or how they personally were treated coming into the building. This ought not be. We've gotten something wrong here. I didn't want to go this way. I didn't want to preach this. So let's back up to Matthew 7. Turn with me back there. Jesus makes this very clear. This is in the context of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is giving his most famous sermon, and it's all about how kind of backward from the way the world does things This is how the kingdom operates. This is how people in Jesus' kingdom operate. This is the kingdom of God. And he says here, Matthew 7, verse 1, Do not judge that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove this speck from your eye. And look, there's a plank in your own eye, hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye. And then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Can you imagine that? Oh, yeah, I think you got something in your eye. <laughs> Walk. Knock him out before you even get close enough. I, I, Jesus is a master storyteller, and, and he paints this picture so well. We are so blinded to our own faults, but so quick to point out what everybody else is doing wrong. Don't do that. you a hypocrite. Jesus, Jesus said it, not me. I'm not calling you hypocrites. Jesus is. He's calling me a hypocrite, Right? Like, "Aha, quit trying to fix everybody else when you've got problems of your own. Let's look at ourselves first. Pastor Dennis shared a couple weeks ago about the political situation that we're in in this country and, and the, the, how we want the, these sides and we're, we're torn back and forth between the two and, and we're not to pick sides. We're on a completely different side. The kingdom of heaven side right? It's God's way, not about who's right or wrong in this argument. There's a completely different way for us to live. So what does this mean? If we're not supposed to judge and, and the, the evil and the good are allowed to just live together, like, what is it? We just sit back, sit on our hands, and well, I can't do nothing. Just run amok, have fun, evil people, sons of the devil, <laughs> you know? That doesn't work, right? That can't be what Jesus means. So let's continue, and, and we'll get some context. So if you skip down just a few verses, we're going to pick it back up in verse 13 of Matthew 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? (laughs) Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And that same fire reference, right? Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So here's my summary. The first part, the judging part, is don't condemn people. Don't put that final stamp and, and judgment like, yep, you are a heretic. You are evil. You are wrong. Definitive, final, end of story. Instead, here, judge by the fruit. Be discerning, not condemning. Let's look at what's the evidence in the life. And if we love, and we see someone who's in error, who we know in our knower that what they're doing is wrong and going to lead to destruction and death for them and for anyone who would come after them. Wouldn't we go and say something? If my children are running to the street, I'm going to yell at them. But I better have relationship and be talking to them too and not just sit there and go, Stop! I never say anything to my kids. I just wait for them to, you know, they're about to do something dangerous and I'm going to yell at them. But that's kind of how we treat, especially online. It's a weird thing. Like you feel, I feel vindicated or free to say things that I type that I would never say from here. (laughs) Right? If I can't get up and tell everybody that, hey, do as I'm doing, I better not be posting that online. And with the Lord's help, I don't. (laughs) But we can be so quick to make that judgment. But we need to have a relationship with people. We need to be responding to them in love. And if we're going to speak out, it's because of our love and care, compassion, concern for their soul, not just to be right. Not just to, pull them up and get them out of my life. Get rid of their influence. It's not how Jesus did it. He seems perfectly secure and and confident to allow the evil to be in the world until the end. That's his way. So let's go back to basics. Why are we here? What's the purpose of the church, the people of the body of Christ, the people of the kingdom of heaven? Our purpose, well, let's go back to God's purpose. His purpose is to seek and save that which is lost. It's still the plan. God's purpose is to be worshiped by mankind. His purpose is to build a body of believers in the image of his son. And God wants to demonstrate his love and compassion for the world through that body of believers, through you and I. So here's four points to that. So as the church, we exist to evangelize the world, to share this message of the kingdom. There's a different kingdom out there, It's a heavenly kingdom, and you don't have to figure out how this worldly kingdom works. You can be invited into this heavenly one that's perfect, and you can do that starting now. That's the evangelizing of the world. Second, that we are to be a body that comes together, a group of people who come together to worship God corporately. So, I don't know about you, but I don't worship well by myself. We, God deserves praise and honor and glory. And for us to come together, that he gets that praise when we do it in community. Which leads to a third point, is that his purpose for the body, it's to build this body of saints that are looking more and more like Jesus every day. Isn't that the goal? Like, don't, don't you want to look more like Jesus tomorrow than you did yesterday I don't want to be repeating the same things and falling on my face over and over for years. Like, I want to be closer to Jesus and more like him every day. And by God's grace, I know that I am growing in that. I'm more like Jesus this year than I was last year. Not because I worked hard or I'm so great, it's just God's been gracious and I keep going back to him with my junk and the things that I fail in And he meets me and changes me. So we want to be looking more and more like Jesus. And fourthly, the reason the church exists is to demonstrate God's love to all the world. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation needs to hear about this other kingdom. It's not an American gospel. It's the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Good news for all people everywhere. Online, in person, over the sea I don't know—under the sea, submariners need Jesus. My old pastor was one. I can tell you. No, just kidding. <laughs> Love you, Drew. If you ever watch this. But we, as persons of the kingdom, need to represent the kingdom well. So, how's it all boil down to what we actually do? Here's some final thoughts about. The, the passages, and then we'll get to what we do about it. Not everyone's going to make it to heaven. Bible's clear about that. We won't all make it into heaven in the presence of God. Here's those who are excluded. Those who do evil or cause sin. Matthew 13. Second, those who judge others. In that condemning sort of way, I cast judgment upon them, because and how can I say that? Because here in Matthew seven, he says, "Whatever judgment you use is what you will be judged by." So we better be careful there. Third, those who don't make it into heaven are those who do spiritual things without being known by Christ. I haven't read this one yet, so let's continue in Matthew seven, verse twenty-one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's not about being religious or charismatic It's about whether Jesus knows you. It's not even about if you know him. All the right facts, all the right doctrine, and you can quote the Bible. That's not a relationship with Jesus. I can spend all day talking to my wife and not know her at all. The only way for me to know her is if she speaks to me. If she opens her heart to me. Jesus says, I didn't know you to these folks who were doing all these spiritual things. But I have to infer they were not opening their heart to him. Okay. Next, those who fail to care for the needs of the poor, disadvantaged and marginalized. That's out of Matthew 25. We This is part of evangelism. It's taking care of people in really basic ways. Whether it's your neighbor or when we did the one day to feed the world, sending a day's wage to buy food for the poor around the world. Simple things like that. And those who will not make it into the kingdom who are excluded are those who do not love their brother. Um, It's not part of today's sermon, but it, it was necessary to include. So you can study that, 1 John chapter 2. All that we do needs to be motivated by love. Love for God and love for our neighbor. So, therefore, here's our three points in conclusion. And I mean that for real. Not just that's not preacher conclusion. that's actual conclusion. Number one, cultivate relationship with Jesus. This is prayer conversation. The being known and, and knowing goes two directions in our prayer. So share your heart with the Lord in prayer. Cultivate relationship with Jesus also is why we're looking at different spiritual disciplines right now. Second, avoid sins of commission as well as omission. Some sins we do. Others are sins because we didn't do what we ought to have done. To know the good you ought to do and not do it is sin. That's from the Bible. That's not me making that up. So, we want to be careful to not be doing evil or causing evil. And don't fail to serve those around you. Third, we must pursue community of faith. We can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I need people who can see me and know me and challenge me in the areas that I'm weak or my blind spots. And that one of the ways that I want to encourage All of us to do this is to engage with one another. We need to be worshiping God. We need to be growing and we need to do it together. And one of the ways we can do that is make a phone call this week. Grab coffee. Have a meal. Gather in some way. Study the Bible together. There's so many options. But to do something, to be intentional about that. So, cultivate relationship with Jesus, avoid sin, and pursue community. Let's pray, and then I have some resources for you. Lord, we thank you for even difficult messages. And as I was praying about what this would look like, I... I felt like you were asking me what I imagined you wanted to do right now. What I imagined it would be feeling like for some of us hearing this sermon. And my answer was that I believe some are feeling conviction. Some might be even ashamed of how they've conducted themselves in recent weeks. But Lord, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, you said, in your word. And so we want to be taking this sense of our own guilt and be restored. That you would speak life over us and that we would turn from that wicked way and be the wheat, be the good Seed that we're supposed to be So Lord we just pray a prayer of confession This morning Father forgive me For I have sinned I have fallen short of your glory I've been judgmental I've said things and done things That have excluded people Forgive us we pray and as we move from here lord i pray that you would give us your love and your compassion for the world that we would be able to share the greatness of who you are to those around us and that you would empower us by your holy spirit so god that's what we ask for It's not only a forgiveness, but also that you would fill us again with the Holy Spirit. We do not have the power to live this life out on our own. We need you to empower us. So Lord, fill us again afresh with the Spirit of God. That we would have something to give. And Lord, that we would see those in the world and be discerning, but not condemning. And we would be faithful with this good news of the kingdom of heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have a couple resources. If you want to engage with uh, ministry around the world, we have a prayer guide. Uh, This is for our global workers. Um, This is uh, some highly sensitive information about those that we support in global ministry. And that's some new terminology we're trying to adopt. So you can grab one of these. I only ask that you do not uh, post anything that's in this online for the the safety of uh, those who are included here. Um, Some of the places where they're talking about Jesus are hostile. And so... um, We want to protect them. Um, If you are online and would like one of these, uh, just give us a call at the office or come by here at the church and we can get one into your hands. So that's a prayer guide. That's a way to engage in global ministry. If you want to develop uh, relationship and community with Jesus, we have these journals. They're at the back here. Same thing online. If you need one, let us know. Um, You can reach out to the office there as well. This is going to help us in just journaling your thoughts. There's some reading plans, a great resource for developing relationship with Christ in this season, especially of Lent. Finally, if you are not in community, make a phone call. Set an appointment to get together with somebody outside of a Sunday church service. We need one another. And so let's be diligent to pursue community. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time.